It's January 22nd, and this is the One Year Bible Tour. My name is David McAdam, and we are on a journey together with the goal to read through the Bible in one year. We're using the One Year Bible as our reading plan, which allows us to read through the entire Bible plus the book of Psalms twice. You know, my wife and I have benefited from daily Bible reading for the past 46 years, but we have found the one-year Bible, which apportions the full text of the Bible into feasible daily servings to be so helpful. A number of years ago, I started to write a complete Bible commentary, particularly with my grandchildren in mind. I wanted to point out important discoveries that I thought would be to their interest. And this became the one-year Bible tour guide, which uh, we completed a few years ago and we still distribute as a daily email. You can subscribe to it by going to our website, www.newlife.org. That's newlife, N-E-W-L-I-F-E dot org, O-R-G. The actual reading from the Bible takes about 15 minutes and the commentary up to another 15 minutes. So it only takes a half hour out of your day, but it puts into your day far much more than it takes out. So let's gather around and read today's portion as a family. We're reading about Joseph and God's providential working in his life, which will not only result in the salvation of his family from the famine in the land, but foreshadow God's plan of salvation for the human race through a greater and truer Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today we'll be starting in chapter 24. It's a dramatic episode in which Joseph reveals his identity to his brothers. Joseph has been testing them, and believe me, it's been quite intense, beginning with verse 1 of chapter 44. Then he commanded the steward of his house, Fill the men's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack, and put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest, with his money for the grain. And he did as Joseph told him. As soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away with their donkeys. They had gone only a short distance from the city. Now Joseph said to his steward, Up, follow after the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you repaid evil for good? Is it not from this that my Lord drinks, and by this that he practices divination? You have done evil in doing this. When he overtook them, he spoke to them these words. They said to him, Why does my Lord speak such words as these? Far be it from your servants to do such a thing. Behold, the money that we found in the mouths of our sacks we brought back to you from the land of Canaan. How then could we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house? Which every of your servants is found with it shall die, and we also will be my Lord's servants. He said, Let it be as you say. He who is found with it shall be my servant, and the rest of you shall be innocent. Then each man quickly lowered his sack to the ground, and each man opened his sack. And he searched, beginning with the eldest and ending with the youngest and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes, and every man loaded his donkey, and they returned to the city. When Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, he was still there. They fell before him to the ground. 
Joseph said to them, What deed is this that you have done? Do you not know that a man like me can indeed practice divination? And Judah said, What shall we say to my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the guilt of your servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we and he also in whose hand the cup has been found. But he said, Far be it from me that I should do so. Only the man in whose hand the cup was found shall be my servant. But as for you, go up in peace to your father. Then Judah went up to him and said, O my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's ear, and let not your anger burn against your servant, for you are like Pharaoh himself. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a young brother, the child of his old age. His brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. We said to my Lord, The boy cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. Then you said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall not see my face again. When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord. And when our father said, Go again, buy us a little food, we said we cannot go down. If our youngest brother goes with us, then we will go down. For we cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. One left me, and I said, Surely he has been torn to pieces, and I have never seen him since. If you take this one from me, and harm happens to him, you will bring down my gray hairs in evil to Sheol. Now therefore, as soon as I come to your servant my father, and the boy is not with us, then as his life is bound up in the boy's life, as soon as he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die, and your servants will bring down the gray hairs of your servant our father with sorrow to Sheol. For your servant became a pledge of safety for the boy to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father all my life. Now therefore, please, let your servant remain instead of the boy as a servant to my Lord, and let the boys go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. Chapter 45 Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, so that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve your life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. 
and God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth, and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry, and go up to my father, and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord over all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children, and your children's children, and your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you, for there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household, and all that you have, do not come to poverty. And now your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see, that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father of all my honor in Egypt, and of all that you have seen. Hurry, and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. After that his brothers talked with him. When the report was heard in Pharaoh's house, Joseph's brothers have come. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this, Load your beasts and go back to the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households and come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you shall eat the fat of the land. And you, Joseph, are commanded to say, Do this, take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. Have no concern for your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. The sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons, according to the command of Pharaoh, and gave them provisions for the journey. To each and all of them he gave a change of clothes, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred shekels of silver and five changes of clothes. To his father he sent as follows, ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and provision for his father on the journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they departed he said to them, Do not quarrel on the way. So they went up out of Egypt, and came to the land of Canaan, to their father Jacob. And they told him, Joseph is still alive, and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. And his heart became numb, for he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. In our reading today in chapter 45, Joseph's story comes to a climax. The sons of Jacob finally received the revelation that the one that they had betrayed, sentenced to death, abandoned to the pit, sold into slavery, now sits at the right hand of the Majesty on high, Egypt's Pharaoh, and holds the power to grant them life or death. They now must look to Joseph, their brother, the beloved of the Father, for their salvation. First he was despised and rejected, numbered with the transgressors. Now he is recognized for his divine work and is rightfully exalted to carry out justice and extend mercy. Joseph's dream of his brothers bowing down before him 
has come true. We see how this event anticipates a day when Israel, the sons of Jacob, will recognize Jesus, the greater Joseph, as their Messiah, in Romans 11.26, and so all Israel will be saved. In Zechariah 12.10, we also read of this, I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, so that they will look on me whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son, and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. Once Joseph makes himself known to his brothers, the sons of Israel, they expect that they will be justly punished for their crimes against him. They were guilty of betrayal, driven by jealousy and hatred. They conspired for Joseph's death. But during all those years of abuse, slavery, and unjust imprisonment, Joseph did not look to take vengeance on his enemies. Instead, he looked to the Lord, trusting that God had a higher purpose in his circumstances. Similarly, after the national repentance of Israel at the revelation of Jesus Christ, they will be comforted with God's merciful forgiveness. We read of this in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1, and Isaiah chapter 51, verse 3. Listen to Joseph as he expresses to his brothers his understanding of how God was at work in his difficult circumstances. He says in verses 7 through 8 of chapter 45, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Now, therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his household and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Instead of demanding punishment and revenge, Joseph extends mercy to his brothers. He says, Come near to me. In verse 4, God sent me here to preserve life, to keep you alive. In verses 5 and 7, You shall dwell in the land of Goshen. In verse 10, You shall be near to me and your descendants. Verse 10, There I will provide for you. In verse 11, To each and all he gave a change of clothes, in verse 22. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them, in verse 15. What a picture of reconciliation and restoration. Furthermore, Pharaoh extends kindness to Joseph's family for the sake of Joseph. I will give you the best of the land, in verses 18 and 20. Take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father, in verse 19. And then he promises provisions for their journey. He says, load up your beasts, in verses 17 and 21. Joseph also gives brotherly advice, showing that he knows his brothers well. Do not quarrel on the way, in verse 24. When Joseph's brothers return to Canaan to meet their father, they have good news to share. This resembles the good news that we share, Joseph is alive, and indeed he is ruler over all the land of Egypt, in Genesis 45:26. And we have the good news to share. Jesus is alive, he is risen, and he is Lord over all. At first Jacob does not believe. When he hears all the words of Joseph, and he sees the wagons that Joseph sent to carry him, then he believes. This shows the importance of delivering the whole gospel message in its proper context, We also must highlight that this is the news of God's grace. In this case, the good news of who Joseph is. 
the beloved Son, once reckoned dead, is alive and has been exalted as Lord and Savior. The truth about God's grace is further illustrated in that Jacob would not arrive at the promised state of blessing in his own strength. Joseph would provide the means for his safe arrival. He would provide wagons to bring Jacob to himself. This is another picture of God's gracious work in our salvation. And now let's read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 14 through 36. Jesus is feeding the 5,000. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the village and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over, and those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment, and as many as touched it were made well. So let's reflect upon the miracle of the multiplication of the fish and the loaves, the feeding of the five thousand. Instead of dispersing the hungry multitudes that were following him, Jesus challenges the disciples to give them something to eat. Their response? Impossible! Their thoughts immediately run to their own resources. We only have, 
And then they spoke about their two fish and their five loaves. In verse 17, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and prayerfully yielded the whole situation to the Father with a thankful heart. He broke the loaves and fish into pieces and gave them to the disciples. The disciples then gave the food to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. The leftovers were more plentiful than what they started with. There were twelve baskets left over. Each of the disciples had a full meal basket to take away. Five thousand families were fed. There were probably ten to fifteen thousand mouths to feed, as there were hungry women and children in the crowd in addition to the five thousand men. After the crowds are sent away, Jesus goes to pray by himself on a mountain overlooking the Sea of Galilee while sending his disciples to travel by boat and meet him later on the other side. It is interesting that it wasn't until their terrifying night on the Sea of Galilee when Jesus and Peter walked on water that the disciples jointly confessed, You are certainly God's Son. As we labor in the hope that people will recognize who Jesus is, let us remember the event that took place immediately prior to the disciples having their spiritual understanding enlightened. He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Let us pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give us all a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who Jesus really is. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I think that this episode gives an important insight as to the value of prayer in opening the eyes of the lost to recognize that Jesus is the Christ. And now a reading from Psalm 18. We're continuing with verse 37 through 50. I pursued my enemies and overtook them and did not turn back till they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. For you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me, and those who hated me I destroyed. They cried for help, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. I beat them fine as dust before the wind. I cast them out like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with the people. You made me the head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners came cringing to me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me, who rescued me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from the man of violence." For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king, and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. David is praising God that he has turned the tables in his salvation, and he has given him once again the victory. So he is praising the Lord among the nations. What impresses me about this psalm is that David acknowledges the mercies of the Lord and that God's gentleness has made him great. We read this yesterday in verse 35. You have also given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand upholds me and your gentleness makes me great. 
You enlarge my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. Think of the Lord's gentleness in your life. He makes room for our personal growth. His humility exalts us. Think of His kindness as He expands our horizons, enlarging our steps, and protects our walk so our feet are kept from slippage. In what ways can you say with a psalmist, Your gentleness has made me great. You have enlarged my steps under me and protected my walk. Now reading from Proverbs chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. The writer of Proverbs reminds us of the value of God's Word. Do you cling to the Word of the Lord for life? Let's pray. Almighty God, Your Word is pure and Your way is perfect. Thank You for the merciful provisions that have been extended to us through the greater Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ, who does not impute our sins to our account, but receives us as brothers and grants us royal privileges to reign with You as Your beloved children. Not only have you given us Christ, the bread of life, but you have given us the Holy Spirit, so that as partakers of your nature, we can be called into action to feed others with the life that feeds us and witness the miracle of you doing above and beyond all that we can imagine. Forgive us for relying on our own calculations without considering that you are the hidden factor in the equation that makes all things possible. Thank you, Lord, for your humility your gentleness, your kindness, and your abundant care that enables us to grow in the adventure of knowing, loving, and serving you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining with me on our Bible reading tour. I hope that this is an encouragement to you. Please know that you are welcome to contact us by email with any questions or comments you may have. You can let us know how you are managing to keep the pace or where you may be struggling. Our email address is podcast at newlife.org. Also, we want you to know that you can receive a free written copy of the commentary portion on each passage from each day's readings in the One Year Bible by subscribing to a daily email at our website, newlife.org. Be sure that you don't miss a daily episode by subscribing to the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast wherever you get your podcasts, be it Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Pandora, Apple or Google Podcasts, YouTube. You can even ask Alexa to play the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast on iHeartRadio or whatever podcast service you may be utilizing. I hope you will join us tomorrow as we continue our reading through the Bible. And until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Shalom. Shalom.